Good evening. Our top stories tonight, James Cook. James Cook is looking for a breakout. He is looking to follow in the footsteps of Dalvin Cook. Already switched the number to four and looking to capitalize on an all-pro season. We also have updates on DeAndre Hopkins. Two new teams are in the mix for DeAndre Hopkins. And we have an update on Ramondre Stevenson's bell cow status and more on player profiler today. James Cook has indeed changed his number to four. He is following in the footsteps of Dalvin Cook. The number that Dalvin Cook wore last year, the number that Dalvin Cook wore when he was part of the S, or no, not SMU, Florida State Seminoles, and the number that James Cook wore when he himself was in college back at Georgia. We also have Damian Harris, number 22, which is an upgrade from the 37 he had with the New England Patriots. That is an ugly, ugly number. Naheem Hines, pure swag, number zero. Still could get cut. Naheem Hines, no lock for the roster. The Bills can save a bunch of money if they cut him and instead roll with Latavius Murray, number 28. But Dalvin Cook doesn't care about his teammates. He's not worried about them. Dalvin, sorry, not Dalvin Cook, James Cook does not care about his teammates. He is not worried about them. He believes that he can replicate what his brother did for the Minnesota Vikings. James Cook believes that he can be a bell cow, a three-down back. He can be everything. He can be an all-pro for the Buffalo Bills. And James Cook has shown the efficiency, the electric ability to be an all-pro caliber player. He has. That is just objective truth. 6.6 yards per carries in college. That is 86th percentile. That is incredible. In the NFL, he was second in yards per carry at 5.3. He was third in yards per touch at 6.3. He was number one. James Cook led the NFL in breakaway run percent at 12.1%. And he finished 21st in juke rate, 27.7%. 21st in yards created per touch and 17th in fantasy points per opportunity. So James Cook was efficient. James Cook showed that he has electric breakaway ability in the NFL, not just college. We knew he had the speed running a 4-4, but we have seen that James Cook has the ability to translate it at the NFL level. The problem with James Cook is... While the efficiency is insane, while the efficiency is just beautiful, couldn't be better. He's got a long way to go in terms of becoming a bell cap. Only played 34.4% of the snaps last year. Only had 31.2% of the opportunity. And because of that, James Cook averaged 6.3 fantasy points per game. That was 51st at the running back position. So James Cook has all the talent in the world. He has the upside, the raw physical ability of an all-pro running back. That is undeniable with his breakaway speed, with his ability to create breakaway runs, and with his potential as a receiver, something that we saw in college.
But the worry with James Cook is that he's never going to get to showcase that all pro ability much the way that Duke Johnson never had the chance to showcase his all pro ability. Because I, I will pound the table. This is a hill I will die on. That if Duke Johnson were to receive 250 touches in the NFL, he would be an all pro. He was that efficient. He was that talented. His receiving work, his rushing work, his efficiency in the run game and as a receiver was just off the charts. And that's the worry is that James Cook may be typecast as just a change of pace back, just Duke Johnson and never becomes the Austin Eckler or Alvin Kamara that we need him to become to be a producer in fantasy. So I do think James Cook takes a step forward. I am a believer in the talent of James Cook very clearly. Damian Harris is just a guy. Latavius Murray is a third running back. Doesn't matter. He's not going to be taking carries and taking catches away from James Cook. And Naheem Hines. I believe that James Cook has beat out Naheem Hines. We saw that down the stretch last year. I still don't understand why the Bills made that trade. James Cook is going to be the leader in this backfield. But leading the Buffalo Bills is what? A 45% opportunity share? 50%? Will James Cook get to 50% opportunities? I doubt it. I think we're going to get more in the 40 to 45%. Let's throw in 30, 35% for Damian Harris. That gets us to about 80%. Throw in 10% to Naheem Hines, 10% to Latavius Murray, let's say. That sound about right? And that's the upside for James Cook. Because I just don't see a world where the Buffalo Bills or any NFL team trust him to take on the workload of an Austin Eckler. And until that happens, James Cook is going to be a RB3, RB2 at best. Sometimes an RB4, sometimes an RB5. It's going to be frustrating with James Cook unless he can get on the field for at least two out of three downs. If he can be the third down back and the second down back, great. But I just don't see him getting that three down roll. And if you want to learn more about James Cook and his brother Dalvin Cook and Damian Harrison, all these other players, you gotta get the draft kit. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet 
And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Go out and get the draft kit. It is truly phenomenal. It breaks down all of these players. James Cook, Damian Harris, and DeAndre Hopkins. Even though we don't know where DeAndre Hopkins is going to land, we break him down. And DeAndre Hopkins is holding out for more interest, holding out maybe for an injury, see if some team will pay up big time to replace an injured star. But... We're hearing whispers that there are two more teams that have thrown their hat into the race. We knew about the Titans. We knew about the Patriots. Patriots are still the favorite to land DeAndre Hopkins, but the Browns and the Panthers, they are just chattering away in the background trying to get DeAndre Hopkins. There are whispers that he could land there, that those teams are lurking. What is the best case scenario for DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think it's the Browns because if he goes to the Browns, he's competing with Amari Cooper, who is a wide receiver. One Elijah Moore is everyone's favorite breakout candidate and completely crush Donovan Peoples Jones because he would be headed to the bench in three wide receiver sets. I mean, it's possible, but I just don't see it. And I hope it is not. It would just blow up too many things It'd blow up Donovan Peoples Jones blow up Elijah Moore, potentially blow up David Njoku. Amari Cooper takes a hit as well. Panthers could be interesting because the Panthers need a wide receiver one. Right now, they've got DJ Chark playing X. Across from him, it's either going to be Jonathan Mingo or it's going to be Terrace Marshall. So far, we've heard Mingo has looked better, more fluid, more consistent. Terrace Marshall has made some standout spectacular plays, but also struggled with the consistency and then Adam Thielen is in the slot Hopkins joins the team he steps in at X kicks DJ Chark to the Z position Adam Thielen stays in the slot Terrace Marshall and Jonathan Mingo fight for the wide receiver four position that could be fun that could be interesting and it's not like it'd be hurting anyone we're really drafting we're not really drafting DJ Chark Adam Thielen Terrace Marshall Jonathan Mingo he can mix in on those guys, but is anyone really high or excited? No. And that's the same with the Patriots. No one's going to be upset if DeAndre Hopkins lands with the New England Patriots because it doesn't hurt anyone that we care about. Juju Smith-Schuster is fine, but is anyone really invested in Juju Smith-Schuster anymore? He hasn't practiced with the Patriots yet. This is a hard offense to learn. He's still going to be the starting slot receiver, but adding the opportunity DeAndre Hopkins takes a hit on his target load. And maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that conserves Juju. Maybe that keeps him healthier, getting less targets, being less required to ball out. And then you've got some... The Patriots are a weird team because they've got depth. Devontae Parker, that's depth. Kendrick Bourne, that's depth. Tyquan Thornton, that's depth. Those are all guys that are wide receiver threes. 
It's just the fact that right now Juju's the wide receiver one, but if they land Hopkins, Juju gets to be the slot still. He's the wide receiver two instead of the one from the slot. And then it's a competition between Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Tyquan Thornton, and it'll probably depend on the formation who gets out there. So I'm hoping it's the Patriots. Patriots deserve DeAndre Hopkins. Mac Jones deserves DeAndre Hopkins. They just need him more than any of these other teams. The Titans, I don't want to see him go to the Titans because that hurts Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks moves from X receiver to the Z position, and he's going to be the number two in targets or the number three because Chigakonkwo. He's also there, and he takes a hit as well. We love that the Titans have a consolidated target share between Burks and Chigakonkwo. Adding Hopkins makes it less consolidated, means more of those targets go to Hopkins, and that's just less fun. So I think we all agree, New England Patriots, best landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. That is what we are hoping at this point. And we're also hoping that Ramondre Stevenson can be a bell cow once again for the New England Patriots. James White had some thoughts on this. And it's interesting what people actually took from the James White quote, because at face value, it kind of sounds bad that this reminds James White of when Shane Vereen and Steven Ridley, it was their backfield in the early 2010s, where it was a transition to this is your backfield. That's the interesting part, though, is it was a committee in the early 2010s, but the reference is they lost Danny Woodhead, Kevin Falk was gone, Lawrence Maroney was gone, all these changes. This is a new era of New England Patriots backfield, and that era is Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen. Now, that era is Ramondre Stevenson. Because James White didn't really talk about the other running backs. So you mentioned Ty Montgomery. Yeah, he's got something to prove. I worked with him. He's hungry. You can tell he's hungry. Okay. But this isn't telling me that there is a Shane Vereen in this offense. And James White goes on further to say that he absolutely loves Ramondre Stevenson. Bill Belichick loves that guy. It's not often the Patriots running back that you're out there as many snaps as Ramondre Stevenson, but Bill Belichick loves Ramondre Stevenson, and so he just has to capitalize on that opportunity. So while some people are freaking out that James White said it's going to be a committee that Ramondre Stevenson is is Steven Ridley and there's going to be a Shane Vereen. What I'm hearing is that the Patriots have transitioned to a new backfield. This is Ramondre Stevenson's backfield. He's got some guys behind him, but Bill Belichick loves Ramondre so much that he's going to stay a bell cow. And that should excite you. Final news and updates around the NFL. Leonard Fournette was involved in a automobile, I don't want to say, it, it was an accident, a malfunction, an unfortunate circumstance. Leonard Fournette's SUV caught on fire. He was able to escape the vehicle. I don't know much more than that. I don't know what caused the fire, but he was able to escape without injury. So our thoughts are with the Fournette fam family and Leonard himself. Scary situation. Very scary situation. Glad everyone is okay. Glad that Devontae Adams, the charges have been dropped for assault. That is no longer hanging over his head. Remember when he shoved the camera guy to the ground? Those charges have been dropped. 
Antonio Brown, it's not charges against Antonio Brown, but he is being sued by his former Arena League staff because, as we know, Antonio Brown allegedly doesn't like to pay his bills, allegedly didn't pay his former players, and allegedly may have taken money out of their accounts that he had put in there already. It is a mess. Antonio Brown, it's going to be it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot as this situation with the Arena League unravels. But another update we got from Antonio Brown is that he stopped playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he was pressured. He was pressured into playing on a bad ankle. He got suspended by the NFL. He comes back. He puts up over 100 yards on a bad ankle. And he wants to sit out because he is hurt. Objectively, he is hurt. And the Bucs say no. And this is something that I am not surprised by. I believe Antonio Brown. I believe that he was pressured or felt like he was pressured by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play. He says that Tom Brady said, yeah, I'm going to feed you all these targets. It's the Jets. It's going to be a, a get right game. This is going to be awesome. I don't know if that happened. Probably did because NFL teams and people who want to win like Tom Brady will put pressure on you to play through injury. That's just something that we all know happens. It's not right. It's unfortunate. I wish that there was less of that. I wish that more players took better care of themselves. I wish players were more encouraged to take care of themselves, to take time when they are hurt. But this is Antonio Brown, and we have seen the fallout since then. So even if he is telling the truth that he was pressured by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play while injured, doesn't matter at this point because so much other stuff has happened. But that's where we are. Antonio Brown has to stay in the limelight somehow. And this is just the latest example. This is all on Tyreek Hill's podcast. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, he's heading to Germany to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. It was supposed to be a return home for Tyreek Hill playing in Miami or playing in Kansas City for the first time since being traded to the Miami Dolphins. But that game was sent overseas to Germany, and that game sold out in just 15 minutes. German football fans, German American football fans, because I'm not football, but football. Anyways, German football fans, they love the game. The NFL is just going to continue to grow player profiler going to continue to grow and all of our coverage is going to grow with it.